You're listening to the Morning Brew with Stu Podcast, and here's your host, Stuart Brooking. And here we go. As you heard the voice on the intro say, I am your host, Stuart Brooking, and my guest today, I mean, is there anything this guy doesn't do? He's the, he's the vice president of football at uh, the Off the Ball Network. He's the host of Couch Coach Live. He is the um, he is the host of the commanders in the chat, the one, the only couch coach. So, Coach, welcome. Yeah, man. What's good? Um, what's going on, Stu? How are you? Not much. Not much, man. And for those who don't know, he's a he's a, a Washington Commanders fan. He has been his whole life, and as you know, the Colts are playing the Commanders this weekend. Different coach shall i say than we initially thought as we talked about on your show when this schedule came out i mean this was circled on all the colts fans schedule as the carson Wentz revenge game and this is going to be the game where either carson was going to get his revenge or we were right about carson Wentz. but a totally different story now right coach yeah, um, it, a lot a lot has changed in what we projected in the beginning of the season and even when the schedule makers was making the schedule. So, yeah, a lot has changed. Just I, I thought this was going to be one of the mental tests for Carson Wentz and his development. But obviously, we know with the injury um, that, had to, that he sustained two weeks ago, um, and now, you know, we're now back to Taylor t- 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 Key and then also on the Colts end, just – you know, we thought it's going to, you know, we, we thought Matt Ryan was going to be here, but uh, Sam Elliker, he's, he's the uh, QB one. <laughs> yeah, he is. It's, it's a, just a strange time, shall I say, yeah, right. to be a, uh, be a Colts fan and to be a commanders fan. But I want to focus on this for a minute because this has been going on for about two years now, coach. And that's this, this whole Dan Snyder situation. I think it was about two summers ago. That article came out about the, about the allegations that happened with cheerleaders and some other women in the front office there of the Washington commanders. And then as we've learned, just more and more stuff has come out and, you know, then they did the whole uh, name change thing. I felt, in a way to, yes, I mean, I felt the name needed to be changed, but I felt when they did it, they did it to try to take away from what was going on with Dan Snyder and everybody in the front office. But we've been going on for two years now, and it looks like the owners are are probably going to come together to vote to see if Daniel Snyder should sell the football team or not. But just what are your thoughts on on Dan Snyder at this point in time and and where we're at with this Washington Commanders football team ownership-wise? Uh, it's it's abysmal. Um, you just look at just uh, what Daniel Snyder has done in his almost 25 years on this team. It's it's been an object failure. I mean, you think about personnel wise, he's missed the mark on so many things. And even to bring up your points too earlier about the allegations, you know, dealing with the internal situations within this organization, it's another thing where you know it's you're you're missing the mark on so many different um, phases. Like you know, you can understand the personnel situation, but when it comes to you know in-house situations where you pretty much uh, you know essentially you know are accused of these things, and you know, and it's just one of those things where it's a trickle effect where you know you look at now this once prior franchise that was I, I deemed a blue blood of, of NFL historic teams. Um, and they're starting to become a laughing, laughing stock in so many different ways. It's a, it's a, 
toxic work culture and also coupled with the fact that this organization has been a failure since their last uh, Super Bowl championship almost well more than 30 years ago at this point now so it's it's bad it's you know everything you know you just look at the situation with what Daniel Snyder has done for this organization and you know and you're hoping like you know we talked about our commanders in the chat where hey you know can you know are the are the owners actually you know or will they vote them out which You know, new identity. It needs it needs new needs a new owner and a new a breath of fresh air, because this once was a proud franchise and now it is literally become an, a laughing stock um, in the National Football League. And it's it's really uh, it's really sad to say the least. Yeah, and we've gotten to a point now, Coach, where where people are or where Dan Snyder, shall I say, you know, my, my best friend, his dad was a Washington Commanders fan. He's been a Commanders fan his whole life. But, you know, he's he stopped cheering for the Commanders just with everything that's going on, you know, everything that's happened. But, I mean, we're also at the point now where it's getting crazy. It's getting a little hectic. And I say that because, I mean, for those who don't know, Dan Snyder said that he hired a private investigator. I think we found this out last week to dig up dirt on some owners. And so he's, he may go down, but he's not, he's not going to go down without swinging. That's for sure. And I, I mean, this is the second most embarrassing thing that's happened to the NFL in the last couple, couple years, you know, besides the Deshaun Watson situation, this is, this is probably number two. And if I'm the NFL, I'm, I'm tired of people talking about it. I'm ready to move on. So I, I would say this summer there will be some major repercussions heading Daniel Snyder's way. Yeah. And like you said, it's to a point where, you know, and, and I kind of think if being forced to sell the team that he's not going to go out quietly, like he's going to pretty much try to drag much people as he can. But I think, I think Jim Ursay, as we talked about on, on the, on the uh, commands in the chat, where I think that's kind of one of the things where it's kind of a company in the past. So if dirt is dug up on them, he's almost in, in essence, kind of willing to fall on the sword for that just to get Daniel Snyder out. So that's kind of comforting to know somebody like, you know, him, you know, being somewhat at the forefront of as far as one to remove a Daniel Snyder. So that's somewhat of a, an encouraging sign. And we always find these, you know, these, these ways of, you know, in essence, kind of like inklings of when this is going to happen. Uh, no, you know, we always, is that we're not going to know the date or the time, but it's like, it's getting closer and closer. So that's all you can really hope for at this point. Yeah, definitely. Let's transition here. We talked about it a little bit when we were previewing this Washington Indianapolis game, but but Taylor Heineke's back in at quarterback. And I remember the time when he went to the playoff game, right? And he played well versus Tampa Bay. And everybody was like, Who's this kid out of Houston Baptist University that no one's ever heard of that stepped in, caught the world by fire? And then he was given some reins to kind of start, and we saw that you know he's not that guy, and he's maybe better off the bench as a pitch hit role, you know, as a six man off the bench type of role. What do you expect to get from 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 Taylor here in this game? I mean, we we kind of all know what he is at this point. We kind of know what kind of quarterback he is, but 
I mean, is this a spark here for Washington? Is it not? Because I think he plays in a similar style to Carson Wentz, but I think he's more careful with the football and his decision-making and those types of things and the way that he protects the football. Yeah, I think it's going to be – I think this is a potential a springboard for this team. Um, um, just look at the simple fact of, you know, obviously that game against Green Bay, he did a fant- fantastic job. And, it, and it's one thing where I'm always observant of, like, body language and how certain things – I always look at body, body, um, body language is like the temper of the team. So you obviously looked at just, um, you know, tell how to get the throws and the celebration between him and um, him and Terry McLaurin after that touchdown, a 39 yard touchdown. And you could just tell, and you could just look at the excitement of Terry. That's one thing where you see that spark kind of came out of Terry. Like, look, you know, he was really excited and, you know, Jonathan Allen embracing him in the locker room, you know, pretty much our two um, leaders, you know, on both sides of the football, embracing a guy like Taylor Haneke. And once again, and um, I think this is going to be a, a matchup where I think he could definitely, um, you know, is definitely favorable for him. And I think he's, he, I think he, hopefully we know that, you know, essentially I think Taylor Haneke kind of, I think at this point knows, Hey, what's his limitations or what have you. I know we used to struggle last week or last year, kept on, you know, announcing it's like, Hey, we don't want you to be the gunslinger. We don't want you to, we just want you to be the, the guy that just made. the throws and I think you look at what happened like in most cases even last year when we were down you seen like Taylor Haneke almost kind of playing hero ball but I think he got he you know that you know the drafts that he had last week was very cerebral like he made some some clutch throws and third down situations on Sunday but uh for the rest of the season potentially if you know if if the event of Carson Wentz does if they deem him, um, you know, if they want to put him back at the QB one slot. But long as he's as a starter here, uh, that's what I'm. I'm envisioning with Taylor Heineke. I think he understands. Hey, you know, the hero ball is all cool and all, but hey, let's just be cerebral and just this play smart. Yeah, I agree. Coach, what's your? Or I'm going to trans transition to this real quick. You know, I'm going to talk about Carson Wentz. I know that Wentz isn't playing, and I know that, you know, this has been removed a little bit, but, you know, your coach made, Ron Rivera made a, a very, you know, made a comment, you know, a couple of press conferences ago, a couple of weeks ago about, you know, he was asked about NFC teams, NFC East teams, what do they have that Washington doesn't have? And he proceeded to say the quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. And then he came back and, we see him afterwards and he, he gets mad and emotional and says, you know, he, he says things like Carson doesn't deserve the hate that he gets all the time and all that kind of stuff. And I agree with him. I don't think Carson right. deserves the flack that he gets a lot sometimes. But when you look at that, I hear a lot of people saying, oh, well, it's nice for the coach to have the players back. That's what you want to see, right? But at the same time, I say he caused the issue that he was defending Carson Wentz for. So what were your thoughts on that comment? What are your thoughts on Ron Rivera as a head coach and kind of his leadership ability here for the Washington commanders? Um, First with the comment, I didn't like it to me. I just looked at the simple fact of, because essentially 
when you look at the success of the Eagles, the Giants, and the Cowboys, the quarterback is is a huge part of it, but they got other factors going in. Like, to me, I look at Carson Wentz. Yeah, he deserves somewhat of the blame, but the way our defense was, you look at, like, you know, against Philly, you can't give up two big plays, one, you know, and, and one instance to Devontae Smith and the other one to A.J. Brown. Carson Wentz is in the cornerback. Cornerback, you know, he, you know, he's not getting beat on these on these one on one matchups on defense. Like that's not Carson Wentz's fault. And my thing is with that, he and I know Ron Rare tried to dress it up, but at the end of the day, it's almost like you ran him over the bus, but you called an ambulance for him. It's like the damage's <laughs> already been done. And and we and you know and we don't stoop. We and when it comes to like leadership, we know at the end of the day. You got you treat people. You got everybody isn't treated the same way. You know we know Carson Wentz isn't a guy that has thick skin. Like he's a he's one of those where, you know, we always said it's not about he doesn't. It's, he's he, he has physical gifts that's beyond measure. It's is in that in that type of way where Carson Wentz was still like fifth in the league as far as passing wise. So I think he had somewhat of a good season up until that point. And you already know it's 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 mental. It's everything is up with Carson Wentz is mental. And to make a statement like that, it's almost get to a Carson Wentz. That's that can fragile fraggle that's um, that can fragile his ego. And I think that's the biggest issue. I think that's the thing where I didn't like that comment because you know, if you knew, in, in, hell, we know Carson Wentz. I mean, we're not his coach, but we know to make a statement like that, Carson Wentz ain't going to respond to that. He's not like a Tom Brady. You can say that to Tom Brady. You can say that to Aaron Rodgers. And they want to just prove you wrong because that's just how they're built. Carson Wentz isn't built like that. So it's almost like, why would you even make a statement like that? And even that statement is false because most of what's those other teams, they're successful in multiple ways. Quarterback is just literally the icing on the cake for those. I mean, they had, you know, but Ron Rivera, I, I'm have mixed emotions. I, I thought we were really gonna get the the you know the Ron Rivera of Carolina, like the one that's just boisterous, loud in the locker room, you know, he you know, cursing guys out and all that type of stuff, but then also also have that loving and affection type of feel. And it's funny where it's almost like I feel like I just be careful what you ask for because I remember he had this exit interview and I remember seeing like pretty much everybody in that building. It was a point where almost everybody in that building, um, there was no dry eyes. Like there were people crying at his exit interview. You could see like people tears in that building. And I like, and I thought to myself that day, I was like, damn, we, we need a guy like that. But lo and behold, Weeks is a good head coach. I think he is. Um, the thing about it, I mean, he's he's a hell of a leader, and the stuff that he's gone through, and that's another thing, too, where people don't really understand. Like, he's gone through stuff beyond X's and O's. Obviously, you know, we talked about you know, we're talking about the cancer situation, but just the name change, the two name changes, the organization, he has to combat all that. Like, he's literally the face of this franchise, unfortunately, you know, when it comes to these type of situations, you know, so. And I, I think he's he's a great head coach. I just think the situation at hand is just – I didn't like what he said about that. That was just a bad mis- misstep. But overall, 
And then the whole, like some certain things he's saying is almost like, you know, like he said, you know, this stuff can't be built overnight, but you got a Giants team who literally looked terrible, you know, at the beginning of the calendar year. And now they're six and one. It ain't overnight, but it's been a few months, but yeah. you've had three years. So I agree. I agree. Coach, what do you think about the commander season so far? How do you think, like, or how, what are your thoughts on the season? I know there's been some ups and downs, but overall, what's your thoughts on the season? This season is weird. It's like it's one of those where you shouldn't be proud of the fact that obviously we're three and four. Um, this team has rebounded. Um, I think this team's always been resilient, even re- you look at just even in 2020, you know, going back into all these years, we've always been on winning streaks. We've had the highest of highs and lowest of lows. But at the end of the day, the team always has a fight in them. And I think that's one thing to look at this team as, a, you know, we knew that they, they pretty much was just dogging it. That's how I felt. But this year is another one where it's resilient. I mean, you obviously, you look at opening game, you had a great game against Jacksonville. Then you go to Detroit, you stink it up, you know, then, you know, so it's just about resiliency. And I think they're a team now, finally, I think, are able to gel. And I think that's where, and you know, you, you understand, like, sometimes when it comes to football, sometimes it takes time for everything to gel and get everything together. Um, this is one of those where it's like you're hoping – it's a lot of optimism at this point because I think obviously three weeks ago, if you if we would have talked three weeks ago, the sky would have failed at one and four. It would have been kind of like oh goodness, and then also and that was another heartbreaking loss. And it, and it's always weird. Like it seems like every season, we have a heartbreaking game where we're like so close to winning the game, and it's usually be like such a colossal loss, but then we rebound. So this far, uh, going seven games in, I think it's just really a tale of of, of you know, just dealing with adversity and just and just staying resilient. So, yeah, makes sense. Um, yeah. who are who are some keys for a Commanders win here versus the Indianapolis Colts? Who are some guys to look out for? I mean, obviously, there's the obvious, right? There's scary Terry. Yeah. There's Taylor Heineke. Don't turn the football over. There's Gibson yeah. and and uh, Robinson at running back. But who are some guys maybe that? That isn't a household name that maybe will will pop up and we'll be like, holy smokes, this guy killed us. Um, no guy, and and like you say, and um, obviously Terry, you know, obviously the homecoming coming back to Indianapolis, I think that's gonna be really special for him. Um, so I think that's gonna be cool. Uh, you know, a guy who I think could potentially get you, kind of like who could be interesting in this matchup, maybe a Dax Mel. I think he's one where, especially special teams, he could be a, a somewhat of a great. When you might, he might come across as like you might not see it on a stat sheet, but you'll see like, okay, well, maybe he put us in some good positions on his drive. Hey, where you know he'll get a kickoff return, maybe grab like 15, 20 extra yards, and put us in position where we're a lot easier to score. Um, Cole Turner, potentially. I think, you know, obviously the tight end, obviously uh, in that tight end position, we got so many, uh, you know, injuries, obviously, um, you know, Logan Thomas 
is is still out. So you probably get a nice taste of Cole Turner offensively wise. Um, Amani Rogers kind of came up a little bit last week. So I think he can he can be someone that I think um they probably gonna integrate a lot in that offense. Um, it's gonna be a lot, and I think defense, um, definitely Ife Abada. I think he's one where, like, you you said, if you if you're in the you know if you're in in our matchup, you know you know most people really not gonna uh, know who he really is in a sense. I think he'll be making an impact on defense, and then once again, I think, um, and he's. Another guy, he may know Benjamin St. Juice. I know Benjamin St. Juice, someone has a name in Big Ten country in a sense. So I think he's very successful in this, uh, especially now since he's been elevated. Uh, I think he will definitely play a huge part. He definitely made uh, some great plays last week against Green Bay. And then obviously uh, the game-saving um, tackle um, on, on Mooney on Thursday night football, the greatest Thursday night football game this season. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, not there haven't been very many good Thursday <laughs> night football games this year, so you know, not not a whole lot really there to uh, to to be proud of. But I want to say this, and I I think the Colts they're going to play in a very similar style because I think in a very similar way, I think Sam Ellinger kind of plays in the style of what Taylor Heineke does. We'll see. I we're this is going to be an interesting game for me because. No one really knows what Sam Ellinger is or what he's got, but, you know, I don't think he's going to be very good. There's a reason he was a six-round draft pick and not a first-round draft pick. But, you know, the Colts are really high on him. His coaching staff's really high on him. So we'll we'll find out. But I'm not I'm not getting my hopes up. I'm like I'm I'm focused on April at this point because even though we're sitting at three and three, and I said this on your show, I said this on Jay Stevens show, even though we're sitting at three and three, it does feel awfully hopeless right now for the Colts. Like you can't tell me they made this move and said, you know what, we're gonna continue to fight for Super Bowls with Sam Ellinger as our as our quarterback. That's what Coach Reich said in his post-game in- interview today yesterday by the time you guys are hearing this it's not true they're not fighting for a super bowl at this point this move was made for april and i just i can't wait for april because i know this season's going to be a, a long 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 season when it was already a long season to begin with yeah big time all right coach let's let's get to the fun part let's do a score prediction for today's or for Sunday's football game. I'll let you go first. What's the score of this football game? Who wins it and by how many? I have a commander's win. Um, 27 to 17. We'll get our first win in 28 years. I'm going to go. (laughs) I too am going to go Washington commanders and I will go 24, 14 Washington over the Indianapolis Colts. So that's the score prediction. Before you go, Coach, we're going to do a little football trivia. Does that sound good? Oh, oh yeah, I'm down. I'm with it. <laughs> All right. I'll pick a non-easy one because, you know, I don't want to give too many away. Okay. Or I don't want to make it too easy on you. Okay. 
All right. This will be a, this is going to be a tough one for you. Let's see if you can get it. As of 2022, how many players over the age of 40 have caught a touchdown pass in the NFL? You just tell me the number and I will read off the names. I won't I won't make you guess who they are, but how many? I'm sorry, you cut out there. What was your answer? Okay. No, I'm saying he said he said it had to be over. It, it was 40 years old, and they caught a pass or a touchdown. A, a touchdown pass, touchdown or no, pass. The, the, no, just a pass, just pass. a pass. Okay. Oof. I want to say I want to say three. I got some names in my head. You're right. Potentially. You lying? No way. No, you're right. Shut the front door, really? <laughs> yeah. You want to know? You want to know who they are? Yeah. Jerry Rice, Brett Favre, and Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> there you go. I'll get you. We'll get you one more. Okay. <laughs> Which NFL team is named after their first ever head football coach? Oh, 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 no, because it, it's got to be Cleveland Browns because yep. of Paul Brown. Yep. No, they're not the okay. Paul Brown. Okay. Because at first I was like the Bengals, but I like, no, he went there first. Man, you're back. Yeah, you batted a hundred today. You, you <laughs> bat a thousand. You hit that one out of the park. Coach, before you leave, um, I like to have a little fun sometimes. So, you know, the trivia is always fun to break out before you leave coach, just let everybody know where they can find you. And uh, what are some things that you're working on? Yeah. Obviously um, the couch coach lab podcast, you can check us out uh, Wednesdays nights. And then also uh, the commanders in the chat, check us out on uh, Thursday night, eight o'clock Eastern time. We got our guy Stu. He'll be on there tomorrow night. So check us out. Well, Thursday, Anyways, on Thursday, you can check him out there. And then uh, the post-game show, uh, 8 o'clock East Standard Time for Commanders in the Chat. All right. Well, a big thank you to, to Couch Coach. A big thank you to you guys listening. You guys at home, listen, I can only do so much to help promote the podcast. You guys listening, help it grow. So please share it with your friends, your family, your boss, whoever, coworker. You please share it. Uh, have a good day, good night, good afternoon, whatever it is. You have a good one, and I'll see you next week.